Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our final three Senior Chapel Talks of the 2018-2019 school year by Kyle Nevitt, Annie Knotson, and Manal Salman, TMI Class of 2019. As we get ready to wrap up this school year and head into the summer break, we'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast and want to know what you'd like to hear more of. Let us know if you'd like to hear more faculty highlights, student programs, or school updates. Send us an email at panthercast at tmi-sa.org and let us know what you'd like to hear in 2019-2020. So before we jump into our first Senior Chapel talk, we have a short clip from Father Scott, TMI's head of school, talking more about the Community Engagement Council that is bringing all of our parent groups under one umbrella next school year. And so... As we get started today, I'm pleased to bring you this short announcement from Father Scott. Hello, TMI. This is Father Scott Brown. For the last couple of years, we have been using a phrase, we belong to one another, to help hold us together as a community and remind ourselves that we truly do exist to support one another. And it's under that umbrella of belonging to one another that I share with you a new initiative for next year called the Community Engagement Council. Um, Currently on this campus, we have several parent support groups or or auxiliary groups that exist to support a specific program or department on this campus. For example, the Athletic Booster Club, the Family Association. In the past, we've had a core of cadet support group. Moving forward, we'd like to bring all of those auxiliary groups under one umbrella called the Community Engagement Council. Um, Jeff Kale, president of the Booster Club, Athletic Booster Club, and Kristen Jackson, president of the Family Association, will become co-chairs of the new board, which is the Community Engagement Council. Underneath that group is support groups or smaller subcommittees, for example, athletic um, uh, support and programs, Corps of Cadet Military Ball, concessions, support trailer, a spirit trailer, uniform and book sales, uh, parent teacher, uh, teacher treats, all of those groups that existed underneath the previous auxiliary groups will still fall underneath the Community Engagement Group Council, which is just simply a way of bringing us into one big conversation. I dream of a day when um, parents are able to support all um, programs on this campus in volunteering, not just the ones that their sons or daughters are involved in. So often I go to a sporting event and the parents that are working the concession stand are the parents of the kids actually playing the game. And I think to myself, those are the parents that should be allowed to watch the game. Let's broaden and widen the the support of volunteerism so that lots of families know about opportunities to get involved. And the same token, you go to military ball and who are the parents doing the heavy lifting on military ball? It's the families of sons, boys and girls in the Corps of Cadets. And what if those parents could actually enjoy the event and not have to be the heartbeat of the volunteerism. So the Community Engagement Council brings everybody under one umbrella. We continue to belong to one another. If you have any questions about how this gets fleshed out, Jeff Kale and Kristen Jackson are the co-chairs of this council. And of course, you can reach out to Valerie Tamez in the Advancement Office or myself, and we can talk more. It's going to be a great year next year, supporting one another in various ways, continuing to belong to one another, and continuing to support all of our programs under one big umbrella that is the TMI family. 
Thank you. Have a great uh, rest of your week, a great summer, and go Panthers. And now we're ready to jump into our Senior Chapel Talks for today. So please enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk by Kyle Nevitt. How many people here like waking up early every morning to go spend at least eight hours at school, only to come home after practice or other extracurriculars to spend hours upon hours studying and doing homework, all just to do it again the next day? Yeah, that's what I thought. Not many of you. School can be such a pain sometimes, especially at a rigorous private school like TMI. On top of that, everything here tends to be a bit harder than at other schools. The tests and quizzes are harder, there's more homework, the material is harder, balancing school and sports is harder, success in general is harder at TMI. However, there's a reason why everything is more difficult. It's not like we have bad teachers who are super harsh, because that's simply not true. In fact, some of the teachers here have helped transform me into the person I am today, and I am truly grateful for them. I bet this is true for most of you here too. At the end of the day, we work harder, we learn more, and ultimately, we leave TMI with a great education, and we are very prepared for college and the world. One of the biggest questions that then stems from this is, what is the point of all this education? Is it just to earn money? Why spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on education rather than just working early and making money from the get-go? Economically speaking, there's no right answer. Some people invest in great schools and put in all the money and time and it pays off with financial success. Others put in the same investment only to end up working jobs they could have gotten without going to a private school, college, or graduate school. However, the benefit of education transcends just wealth. My grandfather has lived one of the most remarkable lives of anyone I know, and I truly believe that he belongs on a Dos Equis commercial as the most interesting man in the world. Stay thirsty, my friends. From selling insurance in Europe to serving in the Navy, he's done nearly everything under the sun. In fact, he was a frogman which was the Navy SEALs of the early 1900s. And he joined SEAL Team 4 when the Navy SEAL program was first created. When my grandfather was in high school, about the same age as most of us here, he was a New Jersey state champion pole vaulter. He probably could have done track in college. However, he had to get a job to help support his family. And even then, he could not afford to go to college. So he joined the Navy. Years later, after enduring Navy SEAL training, part of which is literally called Hell Week, he became a Navy SEAL in the 1960s. Throughout this time, he was called to serve in Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Following that, he was chosen to perform covert operations, and his name was thus eradicated from all databases. His discharge papers actually say that he only joined the Navy once, and yet he was honorably discharged twice. To this day, the only thing I found on the internet that proves he exists is that in a 1940 census, he was four years old. He met his best friend arm wrestling at a bar in Germany and once navigated through the middle of a 50-car pileup on a German highway going 80 miles per hour. Let's be real clear here. My grandpa could kick your grandpa's butt. 
Despite all the heroic deeds and sacrifices my grandfather has chosen to make for his country and for his family, he constantly tells me that he's not a hero. He says that the real heroes are those who spend time getting an education and use that education to make the world a better place. He says that the real heroes are people like my grandfather on my mother's side, a biochemist who dedicated his life to researching new ways to cure diseases and trained hundreds of future scientists to do the same. Or my dad, a doctor who saves lives almost every day. When my grandpa, my hero, the bravest person I know, a man who's done more for his country than most of us could ever dream of, says that the way to make a biggest difference, the biggest difference in the world is to get an education and use that education to help others, I take it as fact. However, it's not simply that educated people are more heroic than uneducated people. My grandfather is the quintessence of a hero, and, as he likes to put it, the highest he ever got in school was the second floor. Meanwhile, there are countless wealthy, educated people who care about nothing other than themselves and bring down those around them. No, anyone can be a hero. Education is a platform that allows for long-lasting impacts to be made. We become heroes by choosing to use the skills we have to make the world a better place. The gift of education that we've been given provides us all a great opportunity to be heroes. Every student here will have the opportunity to receive a college education, and possibly more, if some time and effort is put in. The great education we are all blessed enough to receive enables us to make a huge impact on the world, and we have the ability to become leaders of our generation. In a world where we are surrounded by constant violence and hatred in both wars and politics, it would be a huge benefit to society if people simply started helping each other rather than hating. Everyone here has at least one skill, something you're really good at. And if you, you, if you choose to use your skill to help rather than to hurt, you can help make this world a better place. Each and every one of us can become a hero if we use the skills we develop here to create positive change, whether it be through getting involved in acts of community service, inspiring others to be heroes, saving lives in any sense of the word, or any other way you can dream of. Regardless of if you make a difference in one life or in the lives of many, you're still a hero. If you leave the world better off than it was before you, you're a true hero. I urge each and every one of you to go forth from here, use your education, and be a hero. Thank you. Our second senior chapel talk today is by Annie Knotson. What does it mean to be strong? Sometimes we think of the strongest people as someone who can do it alone. We think that if we need help, if we need other people, it makes us weak. Iron is the symbol of strength. Iron by itself is weak and brittle. But iron mixed with something else, iron mixed with carbon creates steel and steel is what we use to make armor. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. 
I've heard this verse so many times, but it has only recently sunk in. And as I was writing this talk, I realized that this verse was getting at exactly what I was trying to say. Take a minute, look around this room, see the people who've strengthened, who've supported, who've sharpened and loved you. These incredible people make up our TMI community. So many amazing teachers, coaches, classmates, and friends. At the heart of my community is my family. And I'd like to tell you a story about them today, but I probably need to explain one thing before. My family is unique in many ways, but especially in how competitive we are. So this story should not be too concerning considering my family. Years ago, at a ranch down in South Texas, my siblings and I came up with a great idea. At least it seemed like it at the time. We decided to have a freestyle wrestling competition in the bed of my dad's pickup. Yes, you heard me, wrestling. And also, while my dad was driving. We weren't on a highway or anything, it was just a dirt road. And he wasn't going that fast, but looking back, I can kind of see how this game might have been slightly dangerous. No one got seriously hurt, but things definitely did not always go as planned. Garrett, my big brother, and I were about to face off. And for those of you who do not know Garrett, he's not exactly the smallest person, and you definitely do not want to be against him in a wrestling match. Anyways, the battle began. A few taps and shoves here and there, and knowing Garrett, I thought he would just sit on me in order to win. So I thought I'd just beat him to it. I jumped on the edge of the tailgate, got in my stance, and was ready to attack. Next thing you know, I'm on the ground, eating dirt, failing to take down my brother. I definitely understood that I fell out of the truck, but what I couldn't figure out was how or why my body was still moving, especially because my legs were not. I then realized that my foot was stuck on the moving truck. My body continued to be dragged around until my siblings came to help. My brother, Garrett, reached down, grabbed me, and pulled me back up to the truck. We laughed for a while, but something just didn't seem quite right. And then I tried to sit down. Apparently, I'd been dragged through a cactus patch, leaving my backside bristling with hundreds and I mean hundreds of cactus needles. Honestly, not many people are willing to pull cactus thorns from your lower half, but my sister did her best, pulling out thorns one by one, all the while my dad kept driving forward. Probably because he didn't notice that I had fallen out, but even if he did, he wouldn't have stopped anyways. More of a tough love kind of deal. Meanwhile, my little brother Aiden decided to keep the fun going, because why not? He lost his footing and fell out of the truck, dropping into the pasture, landing right in a massive brown pile. He wasn't even phased by what he just landed in. He just popped right back up and ran to the truck. Despite being covered in ripe cow poop, he never stopped smiling. When we reached the house, my mom came out 
took a long look and sighed. Without even batting an eyelash, she just said, come here, let me help. Sharing this story in chapel might seem a bit unusual or strange, but I hope it shows how my family loves and supports each other. My little brother stays positive and finds joy in anything he does. He lifts me up and helps me laugh, no matter what is happening. My big brother, my protector, he pulls me out of painful, sticky situations. My sister, my best friend, she embraces me and loves me despite all my flaws, all my cactus needles. She's there when I'm hurting. She's there when I need her. My dad keeps driving the truck. He's a relentless force, never stopping, always pushing us to do and become our best. And my mom, she's the family's heartbeat. She's a passionate, tireless lady who cares for us unconditionally. My family works as a team, each member loving and supporting each other, never leaving one person for themselves, always helping each other with their cactus needles. Even though my family was always there for me, I still struggled to rely on them and the people around me. I normally shut everyone out and don't let others know when I'm hurting. I hide what hurts and don't let anyone see it. That's probably why many of you don't know that for seven years, I have struggled with a rare seizure disorder. I can stand up here and tell you about getting cactus thorns pulled from my behind all day, but this, this has taken me four years to talk about. One day in sixth grade, I woke up in a hospital, hooked up to multiple machines, running through test after test. Not understanding what was happening, not being told what was wrong with me. It was later that day that my dad sat me down and tried to explain to me that while at school I had passed out and had a seizure. I have never been more confused or scared until two years later when I found myself reliving it all. Back in the hospital, hooked up to all the machines, running through the same test. Although it has been four years since my last seizure, I still didn't want anyone to know this about me. Honestly, I was too scared. I was embarrassed. Frankly, I was ashamed. I got so mad when people joked about seizures around me, even though they didn't know something I actually struggled with. I took all the comments, all the jokes, all the laughter that came along with it personally. It hurt me to not be able to understand what was wrong with me or why I had to go through all of it. I thought if people knew about my disorder, they would see me differently. They would treat me differently. I just wanted to be normal. I didn't want to carry the burden of always being scared I would end up back in the hospital going through the same thing yet again. Even though so many people stood ready to support me, I constantly kept myself isolated. I wanted to separate myself from my illness. I wanted to deny it. I pretended it wasn't real, hoping it would disappear. Instead of facing this challenge directly, I cowered. I pushed away those trying to help me. 
It wasn't until one of my good friends shared a struggle that they had endured in their life. They opened up to me and allowed me to help them. And that showed me what it meant to be vulnerable, what it meant to let people help you. I made the mistake of shutting down and not giving anyone the opportunity to help, when in reality, so many of them, my friends, my coaches, my teachers, and my family, were just waiting to let me allow them to help. After that friend shared their struggle, I began to open up about mine. I soon learned that friends see the best in you. They see you, not your flaws, not your cactus needles. I learned that leaning on people is not a sign of weakness. Refusing help makes us weak. Letting people pull you out of a sticky situation, dust you off, and help you stand back up is what makes you strong. Our community, constantly sharpening each other, is our strength. My family and my community helped me survive many hardships by removing hundreds of cactus needles and helping me endure my disorder. You all have made me feel accepted and loved, even when I didn't feel that way about myself. You've shown me I'm capable of being resilient, capable of facing my fears and getting back up again and again. You have built me up. You have made me stronger. Strengthening, supporting, and loving the people around you is what builds a strong community. So open up when you are hurting and be there for someone that is. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Instead of just listening to these words, live them out. Build each other up by being there for one another. If you see someone being dragged through a cactus patch, pull them up, dust them off, and help them stand back up. Thank you. And now, please enjoy our final senior chapel talk for the 2018-2019 school year by Manal Salman. Welcome to the last chapel talk of the year. That means you've successfully heard 75 seniors share wisdom related to things they learned. The fact is, those days are gone. The days might be gone, but the messages, experiences, and memories are not. Usually you associate school with classrooms, books, and hours of homework, but it's so much more. No matter how much time you spend at school, there's one thing that never goes away, the skills you receive. The thing is with learning is that it can be done anywhere, not just at school. There are many types of learning, but regardless of what type of learner you classify yourself as, on a daily basis, you are learning. Your brain is processing things speed, at speeds faster than you can understand. And since before you, were, before you can remember, you were being taught ABCs by your parents, animal noises, and as you grow up, you continue to learn your whole life. Whether it be walking through a mall, seeing that shoes are 20% off, and you learn that you should buy them, in a classroom where the teacher shows you how to calculate the rotational velocity of the sun, or at a Spurs game where you learn that they are the greatest team of all time. You are constantly learning everywhere you go. The brain is one of the most powerful tools in the toolbox that is your body. 
From birth until death, your brain is processing information and learning from it. Information processing starts with input from the sensory organs, which transform physical stimuli such as heat, light, or sound waves into electrochemical signals. The information is then passed through neurons to create neuron pathways, and eventually the information is stored as a memory. One of the best examples of this is learning to ride a bike. After the first time, it gets easier and easier, to the point where it becomes a muscle memory, even if you haven't ridden a bike in a while. Stimulating the brain is important for mental growth, but oftentimes when discussing mental learning and the brain, myths arise. Some people say, there's no time to lose because everything critical is learned by the age of three, or there are critical periods of time when certain matters must be taught and learned, or even, we only use 10% of our brain anyways. These are all false and show that we learn to believe what we hear. While I am advocating for the importance of learning and you know the basics of how we learn, it's important to learn the truth by asking questions deeper than surface value. Use your curiosity as motivation to learn more and broaden your horizons. You just might find a passion. Now I'll take you through a lesson I learned the hard way. This unfortunate event happened three times before I learned a valuable action. The first time, I was young and naive as a mere eighth grader. I had fallen asleep after school by accident because middle school is tiring. Now every morning at exactly 7.45, my neighbors would start their truck, shout, let's go, and rush to school. It was always dark in the morning, so waking up was a challenge. Day after day, I had come to learn it was part of their morning routine, and I always associated it with a second alarm to tell me I was late. So I heard my neighbor's truck, a let's go, and looked outside to see darkness, rushing to start my morning routine. I had done none of my homework, so I scrambled to finish as much as possible, scribbling numbers on my math homework and stuffing things in my backpack. This resulted in me getting ready for school, running down the stairs to make and eat breakfast. I approached the kitchen and saw my mom cooking and wondered why she hadn't left work. She looked at me puzzled as I had just placed frozen Eggo waffles into the toaster. And she asked, are you really that hungry? It was at this moment I realized I messed up. It was not 7.45 a.m., but 7.45 p.m. This happened two more times before I realized I should not associate my neighbors with 8 a.m. As I've grown mentally, and a little in height, I finally learned to check the time correctly. The point of this story, though, is not to share that I've been late to school, but to show you the power of learning and panicking. Perhaps a more relatable example of this is taking a test. Now, I'm not a good test taker. I often panic and my studying goes out the window, resulting in a grade that makes me feel like a failure. My emotions of fear and stress overcome my ability to express what I've learned. Due to my disappointment, I take this test again and again, slowly improving as I learn the materials better and better. Finally, on my third try, I realized it's okay to fail, as long as you pick yourself up and try again. A wise baboon once said, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. And in this situation, I learned from it. Learning to fail, to be aware, to check the time, to stay calm, and to try again are all valuable lessons on their own, but they share one thing in common, learning. Now you know the importance of learning as an individual, but learning and teaching is a two-way street. 
We learn from our friends, teachers, and family, but they also learn from us. For example, I learned to say, Go Panthers, at the end of every announcement, because the former students used to. Nowadays, many of you continue to say, Go Panthers, at the end of every announcement. Even though they may have told me to do so every time, I didn't tell you all to do so. But you learn from me and the other senior pattern. How funny is that? You learned a TMI social norm without anyone telling you to do so. You might not realize it, but you continue to learn everywhere and all the time. And it's a skill that you continue to use throughout your whole life. Oftentimes at TMI, we take our opportunity to learn for granted, and we just go through the motions. But if you put your heart into it, you'll learn to love it, and you'll benefit from it. Over your life, you've acquired so much knowledge, and you must share it with others so that they may learn and grow as well. In other words, become an example. Our role models in life are typically ones who inspire us through their actions, and in order to be like them, we replicate their actions. Without knowing it, they've become your teacher. You don't always know who's watching or learning from your actions, and you often don't realize the habits that you learn from others' actions. You're both the teacher and the student, so it's important to learn to practice good habits for yourselves and for others to follow. In the Senior Covenant, we say, let us remember to, that others look up to us as examples, and we can be someone's superhero. And while that may sound cheesy, it resonates with us because it's true. We should learn to be examples, so that way we may teach others to be role models. You want someone to hold the door open for you? You must teach them to do it first by example. The best way to learn is to teach good habits. Teach by example, and you'll learn you benefit from it. Now, throughout this whole talk, I've shown you the power of the brain and the importance of learning. From conditioning, from the past, from your surroundings, from teachers, and learning to be an example. Because with all this knowledge, you harness a power so wonderful. A wise, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man once said, with great power comes great responsibility. The great power that you possess is the ability to learn. Your brain is working at speeds faster than you would know to learn and understand your surroundings. So be sure to use it to its full potential. Whether it be learning from a book, a person, a sign, a video, or a toy, live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. Be an active, lifelong learner, but learn as if you and cherish your power. As many of us are growing up and moving to new environments, be sure to embrace your power and be aware of how your learning shape you, shapes you. Ask questions, seek answers, learn from the past and present, become a teacher, and stay a lifelong learner. And above all else, never stop learning. Thank you, and go Panthers. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.